Uh, this morning, we're going to take a pause on our series on planning. I feel like uh, I have a word on the inside of me that I need to deliver, and uh, I want to deliver it, okay? Is that all right with y'all? Whether you like it or not, I'm going to deliver it, amen? <laughs> I rather fear God that can send me to hell than man who can't do much about my eternity, amen? Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray, help me, God. Help me. Just share your word. Help me, Lord, to share my heart with the congregation here today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about uh, what's been happening in our society. And I want to give you a little bit of history. Uh, this past week, as I was watching the news, and I came across, and, and they showed on the news what happened in Minneapolis where that police officer had his knee on George Floyd when he was crying out, I can't breathe. And after he was unresponsive, continued to keep his knee on him. It broke my heart. It broke my heart. It burdened my heart. And I've been heavy since. And uh, I want to talk about that. Is that all right? I could not shake the burden. As I prayed about it, I felt like I, I needed to speak up and address the problem of injustices in our society. Folks, it seems to me that what happened to George Floyd and his family was a gross injustice that should really bother us. Hello. It should bother us. And, uh, you know, over the, over the last 30 years now as a pastor, I've had people experience serious racial injustices, ethnical injustices, gender injustices, social injustices, and even religious or church injustices. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart, especially when it happens in the church. And this morning, I want to share my heart and say something about it. So today, I want to talk about why injustice in our society should bother us. And I'm sharing my heart with you. And I, I really, I, you know, I, I feel like, um, well, let, let me just go on. The first reason that I feel like injustice should bother us is number one, God so loves the world, and so should we. God so loves the world, and so should we. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave the one, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. So God so loved the world, not the dirt. I know people want to protect the planet, care for the planet. He didn't, he didn't so love the planet. He loved the people on the planet. Now, I believe we have to be a steward of the planet, but he didn't, he didn't love the planet. He loved the people on the planet. God loves all people all over the world very deeply. So much so that he was willing to give his son to die for the world, for people in the world. Amen. And Jesus loves people all over the world. 
In fact, John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Because of the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. You know why he endured the cross? Because he loves us. Because he loves people. Amen. And so Jesus loves people all over the world, and so should we. As the old hymn goes, Jesus loves the little children. All the little children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And listen, he loves the big children of the world. He doesn't quit loving people when they grow up. And he doesn't quit loving people because they have issues. Because we wouldn't be here. Right? God loves all the people all over the world. Amen. And we should too. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 21, And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves, mu- loves God must love his brother also. It's not a, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Come on, y'all help me out today. It's a commandment. God requires us to love all people of every race, ethnic group, Asian, Hispanic, African-American, white, Middle Eastern. It doesn't matter who they are. We are to love them, saints of God. In fact, John says you shouldn't claim to love God if you don't love all people. 1 John 4.20, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Come on, we don't want religion. We want relationship. And to love God means we got to love people. So listen, if we love everybody, how could we not be bothered by what we saw? How could we not? How could we be okay? How could we be okay with such outraged hatred and evil treatment of what's happening in our society? Our hearts should be broken. A second reason injustices in our society should bother us is God is a God of justice and so should we. When I couldn't shake the burden I was feeling about the situation that I was telling you about, I began praying and said, Lord, what's this? What's going on? I said, Lord, would you just help me? And I felt like the Lord spoke to me. I said, just help me. And I felt like the Lord gave me this scripture, Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. Three things the Lord requires of us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. First, we must act justly. What does it mean to act justly? It means to hurt no man's person, property, or character. It means to follow the golden rule and treat others in the same way you would want to be treated. So God desires and requires for every one of his children to hurt no man's person, property, or character. So rioting is not all right. 
but neither is injustice. God is a God of justice and requires us to act justly. In fact, true justice, treating people right, is one of the main values of the kingdom of God. In fact, Psalm 89, 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. It's the foundation. And so God is a God of justice, and he wants you and I to act justly, to treat people justly, and to condemn injustice. And he desires us to speak out and speak up against and take a stand for injustices around us. When we see somebody getting treated unjustly, it's up to us to speak up and say something about it. Amen? Listen, God is never okay when anyone is treated unjustly. That's why he raised up Moses. When Moses was raised up, when he called Moses into ministry, it was to deliver the children of Israel because they were being oppressed and treated unjustly like slaves. In fact, Exodus 3, 9 says, Now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. That's what he's telling Moses. God doesn't want any of his children to be oppressed and treated unjustly, just like you and I don't want to be treated unjustly. Amen? That's why he describes pure and undefiled religion as this as acts of defending the helpless and the vulnerable. He says in James 1.27, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. You can see whoever it may. Whoever is being treated unjustly, the Lord says, whether it's children, orphans, widows, minorities, foreigners, it doesn't matter. God desires for us to speak up and defend them when they're getting treated unjustly. Come on, I need a better amen. Isaiah 117 says, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan and plead for the widow. And so we need to stand up. And we need to, we need to speak up for justice. Amen. And you know, as a pastor, whenever I hear people in the church getting treated unjustly, whether because they don't, they're not from America or whether because they're a minority or they have, they're in a social, a different social class and they get treated unjustly breaks my heart. What would it must do to God's heart? It breaks his heart. And so Isaiah 117 says, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, and plead for the widow. Amen? A third reason why the injustice in our society should bother us is God is a God of mercy, and so should we. We should be people of mercy. Remember Micah says, this is the three things that he requires of us to act justly and to love mercy. God requires us to love mercy. Mercy is the act of forgiving someone that has wronged us, but it's also the act of caring about someone who is hurting. Whenever you have mercy on somebody, you feel for them. You feel compassion for them. You feel what they're going through. You feel the pain that they've experienced and what they're going through. That's what mercy is. A merciful person is one who genuinely cares and has pity for those who are hurting. And God says, this is what I require of you, that you love mercy. You know, there's two kinds of people in the world. The, the, those who are selfish and those who are selfless. Those who who care, and those who could care less. 
We can't be about caring less. The merciful person is the one who cares, has pity on those that are hurting. You know, in the Hebrew, the word mercy means to get inside someone's skin and feel what they're feeling. I have no, I have no idea what it's like to be treated so unjustly like some people have. But I should try. I should try to feel what they're feeling. And so should you and I. Amen? Why does the Lord require us, listen, to love mercy, to genuinely care when others are hurting? Why? This is why. Because he's a God of mercy, and he wants us to be like him. Now, you know what mercy is, right? Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is getting not getting what you do deserve. So God is merciful to us, isn't he? In fact, Lamentations 3 says, 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God is a God of mercy, and his mercy never ends. And that's who we should be. As the church of God, we should be a merciful people. Amen? The fourth reason why the injustice in our society should bother us is this. God is a God of reconciliation, and so should we. You know, reconciliation means to bring two parties together. It means to bridge people relationally, right? It means to be a peacemaker. That's what reconciliation is. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, reconciliation is what Christ did for us. He reconciled us to Christ when our relationship was damaged, right? And now he says, I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation, which means our job is to bring people to Christ. Amen? Is to reconcile relationships. Not to cause conflict, not to start messes, but to end them, to stop them, to thwart them. Amen? We're supposed to be peacekeepers. And because Jesus is willing to be a God of mercy, remember, he reached those that the Jewish people could never reach, like the Samaritan woman in, in, in John 4. Remember in John 4, this Samaritan woman, which the Jews had a great animosity towards, they had great prejudice against. And the Bible says in John 4 and 4 that he went through Samaria and he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there and Jesus was tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Not just a Samaritan, but a Samaritan woman. Sometimes gender prejudice can be as great as anything. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Folks, they had prejudice. They had, they had hostility. They had these in, inequalities, even back in the Bible times. And Jesus, uh, Jews, had a great prejudice against the Samaritan people, and Jesus shouldn't have been talking to this lady. But he puts aside his prejudice, his, his racism. He puts all that aside, and he starts ministering to the lady. And that's a picture of what you and I should do. That's a picture of who you and I should be. As a child of God, we should be like Jesus. Amen? 
And Jesus reached that Samaritan woman because he was willing to overcome the culture of prejudice. You know what prejudice means? It's made up of two words, pre-Judas. Judas means judgment, pre means before. Prejudice means to make a judgment on someone before knowing all the facts. And prejudice is having unreasonable feelings, opinions, or attitudes, especially of a, a hostile nature regarding an ethnic, racial, social, or religious group. Don't you agree that you can't hold prejudice against people and win them to Christ? How can you win somebody to the Lord that you hate? How can you win somebody to the Lord that you despise? See, Jesus had to set all that aside to be a peacemaker, to be a God of mercy. And if you can hear my heart today, we are to be a people of mercy. And we are to put our racism, our prejudices, our hostility, we are to put it aside as children of God. It has no room in our life as children of God. Amen? When we help people get reconciled to Christ by, by being prejudiced, or we can't help people get to Christ by being prejudiced, so we need to be set free. We need to be set free. And listen, I can't change everybody in the White House and in, in Atlanta and, and in Minneapolis. But look, we can start right here. We can make Lafayette, Louisiana, and Acadia a better place because of our life. Amen? Help us, Lord. The heart of the problem, really, is the problem of the heart. That's, that's the problem. The problem is the heart. And you know, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 15, 19. Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. All these heinous murders and racial injustices, hatred, violence, riots, are a result of people's wickedness and evil hearts that can only be healed through the forgiveness and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way we can change our society is we need more Jesus in our society. And you and I are his hands and his feet. We need to bring Jesus in our society. We need to quit participating in the off-color jokes. We need to quit feeding the, 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 the hatred and the violence around us. And we need to be the peacemakers. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? Do you receive this today? A fifth and final reason why injustice in our society should bother us is injustice will keep us from seeing the spiritual move of God we all desire. It'll keep it. Remember, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If you've been watching online, you've been to church, we've been quoting it every week, multiple times. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It does it in there. And turn from their wicked ways. That's the part we don't really want to camp out on. If we want revival, we have to turn from our wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and will heal their land. You see, turning from your wicked ways is a prerequisite to seeing revival, to seeing spiritual awakening. 
For me to experience awakening, revival in my life, I have to turn from my wicked ways. Amen? And so does every one of us. And so racism is a wicked behavior that needs to be turned away from and repented of. Amen? Let me say it again. Racism. Racism of any kind, of any sort, is wicked behavior. It's of the devil. God loves all people. He's not prejudiced. Prejudice is a wicked behavior. Hatred is a wicked behavior. And injustice is a wicked behavior. Injustice is treating people like they have no value. And that not, should not be the people of God. Turning from our wicked ways is a prerequisite to seeing personal revival and revival in our land. Amen? I just shared with you the best way that I could to say, church, whatever you can do, don't participate. Don't get involved. Don't put your knee on somebody's neck. Amen? All, I'm, all I can do is take care of me. All you can do is take care of you. But if you just hear the Spirit of God, that God has no place for that. He loves the Jew and he loves the Gentile. Amen? He loves everyone. He loves the Greek. He loves the Hebrew. He loves the black. He loves the white. He loves the yellow. He loves the red. He loves every ethnic group on the planet. He loves everybody. And then when we are filled with the love of God, we will love everybody and put our prejudices aside. Amen? See, I think this is a sore spot, a soft spot for me. I was raised in a very, a very racial environment, a very prejudiced environment. I remember when they had an all-white school and then the African-American school, and they weren't welcome at our school. Do you remember that? I'm not that old. I remember in, in my town that the African-American couldn't sit in the restaurant and eat. He had to get his food on the side door. See, you don't really understand unless you were the one that knocked on the door and said, can I come in? And they tell you no. See, it's easy for us to see from our side because we never had that door closed on us. But, you know, being in that environment, it fed something in me. And then I got saved. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started dealing with me. It's not okay to use that N word. Come on, y'all hearing me today. It's not okay. That's, that's, not, that's not part of your vocabulary. Amen? And it's not okay for you either. The Holy Spirit began to convict me of that evil behavior. And all of a sudden, my heart started changing. So I know what it's like, and, and I'm not at, at all trying to insinuate that I have no racism, I have no prejudice. I think we all have some to an extent in different levels. But if we want revival, we're going to have to lay that aside. If we want God to move in our life, we're going to have to quit 
holding on to hatred and, and all those isms. Amen. We're going to have to lay it aside. Isms has to go. If God's going to move in this church, we got to get rid of our isms. Amen. Come on. We got to love one another. We got to, we got to wrap our arms around us. Listen, some of the most precious pastor friends and friends I have are not of my ethnic background. I'm so grateful that we have the Holy Spirit to change our hearts and give us a heart of grace and love. Amen? And so listen, would you be willing to just make a decision right now to say, you know what, Lord, I, I want your heart. I forgot to tell you this at the beginning, but my prayer has been, Lord, would you give me your heart? I want my heart to be like yours. Like, what you like, I want to like. What you desire, I want to desire. How many of you know that's a pretty safe prayer, right? Until he, until he gets a hold of your heart and says, this right here is not of me. Right? How about we pray, Lord, that, like that song goes, would you break my heart with what breaks your heart? That would be a good prayer to pray. Amen? Would you just close your eyes with me for just a moment? That third requirement in Micah 6.8 is you've got to walk humbly with your God. And if you've never surrendered your heart, surrendered your life to Christ, you can't do what we're talking about today. It can only come about by the grace of God, by seeking God. That's the only way. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you don't know today if you're a Christian, if you died, if he would let you into heaven and you realize your need for Christ in your life, I want to pray for you. Would you just lift your hands? And just say, pray for me. Just pray for me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hands. Just hold your hand. Sir, I see your hand. Ma'am, I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Sir, I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Now listen. The incredible thing about God is He's a God of mercy. He don't hold our past against us. He's willing to forgive us. All we have to do is ask Him. The Bible says if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the scripture says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away. So we have to confess. We have to admit we've sinned. We've broken the heart of God. And then we got to be willing to turn away from that behavior. And he says, if you're willing to confess and repent, I'll forgive you. I'll give you a brand new start. I'll fill you with my spirit, give you my values, give you my heart, and you can start living the Christian life. So if you're ready to do that, just pray this prayer. We're going to pray it as a family. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I've sinned against you. I've broken your heart. But Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, would you have mercy on me? And would you... Cleanse my heart today. I need you. And I'm ready to surrender to you. Lord, would you help me today? 
Would you help me to live my life for you? I'm turning my back on that old way of living. And I'm choosing this day to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Now, would the rest of you, would you just stand with me? And let's, let's pray together. How many of you today would just say, man, I want, as, as David said in Psalm 51, I want a clean heart. I want a clean heart. I want a heart like the Lord. How many of you would just say, that's, that's the kind of heart. However the Lord acts, that's who I want to be. However the Lord treats people, that's how I want to treat people. I want to be a, a mirror of Jesus. How about that? What, isn't that a good prayer to pray? Can we collectively as a congregation just pray that way? That way we're not creating injustices even within our church or prejudices or or any hostility anything like that come on let's ask the lord as as uh i forgot uh who it was uh in the bible that the lord said in in this man there is no guile who was that y'all remember but there was no, nothing evil in his heart that's the kind of heart we should pray for lord father we pray right now Lord, we are to be your light. We are to be the salt. We are to be different than the world and those around us, Lord. Our vocabulary should be different. Our behavior should be different. Our opinions should be different. Our values should be different. Lord God, we should, we should have a broken heart for what breaks yours. Lord, we should never be happy. We should never feel good about anybody that is mistreated, that is, that is hurt, Lord, whether physically or emotionally or verbally. Lord God, I pray that that God, you would help us today. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your mercy. Fill us with your grace. Give us a new heart today. Lord, may our heart be a little bit more like your heart, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for giving us a compassionate, a kind, a loving, and a merciful heart. I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Nathan, our... Sir. Yeah, could you just lead us? Just lead us in a chorus. Come on, just take a moment. Just do business with God right now. God wants to help you. God wants to touch your heart. God wants to heal your heart. Some of you have been, you've, you're hurt from injustices. You're hurt from prejudice. Some of you have inherited. Come on, the Lord wants to heal us today. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord Jesus.
just want you. Oh. Would you just bow your head for a moment? I just want you to have a moment of privacy. How many of you today, you, you felt pricked in your heart. You felt convicted by, by the word of God today. And you say, man, I needed to hear this. I need, I need to change my attitude. Would you just acknowledge that by just lifting your hand? Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. Now, could you, could you just take a moment to just tell God you're sorry? Could you just say, Lord, I'm sorry? Because you know, the Bible says repent and turn from your sin that there might be a time of refreshing. This is where God says, I'm so glad you're willing to work with me. I'm going to bless you for it. I, I didn't mention it, but in Deuteronomy chapter um, 27, the chapter before all the, the verses on blessing, blessed are you in the city, blessed in the country, blessed coming in, blessing going out. In chapter 27 is the curses. And he says, curses the man who treats others unjustly. And so if you want to be blessed, you got to treat people justly and God is going to bless your life. Amen. He's going to bless you with his presence. He's going to bless you with his favor. He's going to bless you with his joy. He's going to bless you if you do the right thing. Amen. So just right there, just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Would you forgive me? Lord, I ask you, forgive me and change me. Forgive me and change my attitude. Change my posture. Change my heart. Lord, I want to do better. I'm asking you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that prayed the prayer to receive Christ, there's a card in the pew that said, I made a decision. You take the time to fill that out. Bring it to the desk in the lobby. We have a gift for you, a Bible if you need one. We just want to give you some tools to help you get started in the journey. Now listen. It's easier to just talk about this in church, but it's a different thing going out there. Amen. So let's make Acadiana better, Lafayette better. Let's go do our part. Let's share the love of God everywhere we go, and we can make a difference in our neck of the woods. Amen. Well, God bless you. I pray the favor and blessing of the Lord over you. You're dismissed. Have a great day. Be blessed as you go.